Coming to you direct from the heart of New York City all the way to wherever you are, you're listening to the VIP Jazzwall Report. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. Today we're going to be talking about how to maintain a healthy back. If you've ever had back pain, you know how debilitating it can be. And everything from how you move to how you rest to what you taste changes for the worse. And if you're lucky enough to never have experienced back pain, then you're either truly lucky or it's just a matter of time before you become a victim. This show is going to discuss how to best avoid damaging your back in a way that's never been discussed before because I'm going to be asking my guest what's good for our back from the moment we wake up through every movement of the day that we make. In fact, I think even breathing, the health of our eyes, the clothes we wear can determine if we fall victim to developing a bad back. My guest is Dr. Ken Hansraj, who specializes as a spinal and orthopedic surgeon and is one of America's leading experts on back pain. He's also the author to the international best-selling book called Keys to an Amazing Life, Secrets of the Cervical Spine. Welcome to the show, Dr. Ken. Thank you, Vip. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure to be with you. You're welcome, sir. So let me start by asking you, what's the percentage of Americans who suffer from bad backs? Over a lifetime, Vip, Mm. four out of five Americans do have or will have a significant spinal problem. And that's true also globally. The numbers hold the same. But if you look at, at in any one year, mm. BIP, uh, the studies say 40%, 50%, 60% of people in all countries are suffering. So maybe about 50% of the population in any one year sequence will have a significant back or neck problem. And how old are they, this typical population? All ages. I've seen kids uh, 12 years old, 14 years old. The oldest patient I've taken care of was 100 when she came into my hand, and she exited the world at 104.5. Well, I really want this show to be about how people can take care of their own back by themselves using a preventative approach. And I thought, you know, one of the ways to approach this would be to go through the body movement of an average person in an average day. So let's start like in the morning. You know, your sleeping position, what ideally should it be? You're sleeping and you're in bed. Mm. Uh, There is a posture related with sleeping. And it's all related. So if you have a great night's sleep, you're going to have a great day. Matter of fact, if you don't have a good night's sleep, it's hard to have a good day. And so I recommend that you pay close attention to how you're sleeping. So... A good way to look at it is when you're lying in bed Mm -hmm. is uh, where is your head in space, for example, starting with the head. And so what I recommend is using two pillows. I use a firm pillow on the bottom, and then I use a uh, softer pillow on the top. And so your head, when you're lying on the side, should never really fall too much to the side. It may be 5 or 10 degrees is okay. But then are you sleeping on the side or are you sleeping like with your head facing the ceiling? If you're sleeping on the side, which is probably my preferred position to recommend Mm -hmm. uh, for sleeping, then really is then your head is uh, straight out. Some people love sleeping on their backs and then you probably would only need one pillow because otherwise you're bringing your head straight up. So what you're trying uh, to tell me is that the neck shouldn't be tilting if you're sleeping on the side. Exactly. Yeah, be careful where you put your 
head in space when you're sleeping. Right. And then you're resting the muscles, and uh, then you wake up refreshed. So what sort of mattress should one have? Mattresses that I recommend are using a very solid base, a very firm base. Mm-hmm. And I recommend, again, a pillowcase topping because the body has prominences that need to be padded in my, in my feeling about the matter of it. But some people, as you know, some people swear about sleeping on the floor. Yeah. You know, there are, and some people love sleeping on absolutely soft mattresses. But the vast majority of people will do well using a firm mattress with a pillowcase topping. Now, let's start with the, you know, like we said, we're starting with the routine in the morning. How should you get out of bed? Getting out of bed is a very special moment. And really, I believe our our talk today is really about being thoughtful about your life and really getting a better result by being more thoughtful. Mm-hmm. So and when you get up, I would say stretch. Really stretch your upper or lower extremity, stretch your back, stretch your lower back, get into no, a No, but really before nice you stretch. do that, before you do that, when you're getting out of bed, should you be sort of rolling out or should you get up and then get off the bed? It's best if you log roll, if you roll out mm. and then have both feet touch the ground. Okay. And sorry, you were saying about the stretching. Go ahead. Get into a great stretch. Really stretch your body very well. And it feels good that instant. You feel a lot better and you're flooding your body with all the chemicals that really are better for you. So when you're saying stretching, you're talking about lifting your hands up, going, reaching towards the ceiling and, and sort of arching your feet? Exactly. Yeah, stretch. Just stretch. And yeah, lift your arm up. Take, take a deep breath and stretch straight back, let your arms extend, and uh, stretch your uh, feet as well. And if you can, uh, get into a position where you're touching your toes. Oh, okay. Yeah, just stretch. The more you stretch, the better you'll feel. Now, in, in your book, you mentioned that breathing is very important. Um, give me an example or tell me exactly how to breathe. Okay, breathing is critical. So we're born now with these great uh, bodies, mm-hmm. and we don't really have a manual on how to use them. And certainly everybody alive is taking a breath at every moment, but yet still no one directs us on how to properly breathe. And so I recommend deep belly breathing. And there are other types of breathing, but deep belly breathing is really great for people. And so you take a deep breath, and you fill up your chest and then you fill up your entire being as much as you can, and your belly extends out, your navel extends out. And then the exhale mm-hmm. by contracting your belly and then breathing all the way out. And that's called deep belly breathing, and the health benefits are tremendous with deep belly breathing. But then um, when I'm breathing in, should I be holding it for a few seconds and then releasing, or just should I just be breathing normally but breathing deeply? Both are good. Breathing deeply and breathing deeply and holding are both good. And why is that beneficial for the back? It's uh, beneficial directly for the back. Uh, deep belly breathing says the studies mm. that when you are engaging in this activities, the spinal nerves are moving in the spinal channels and they feel better 
And when your actual physical nerves feel better, then you're going to have a better day. Uh, breathing also has effects, tremendous effects. There are hundreds of studies. Among the most powerful studies that show that if you do deep belly breathing activities, mm-hmm. not only is your brain more oxygenated, but let's say you're massively depressed, you become minorly depressed, and so on. If you're minorly depressed, you're not depressed. It has a tremendous effect on our body. It's a very powerful tool. And, you know, like, um, and I'm breaking it down very simply. I'm going through the whole daily routine today. Um, sitting on the toilet seat. Is there a special posture that one should adopt for the spine? Absolutely, absolutely. Sit straight up mm-hmm. um, and sit straight up and support yourself. Using your thighs as support? Yes. Um, mainly that, sitting on the toilet seat, sit straight up and uh, put your hands on your thighs. But many people don't need the support. Um, right. If you're younger, you don't need the support. If you're older, it would be great to be supported. Okay. Now, in the shower, is there something we can do? Oh, the shower is a magical place. Again, our talk, our chat, VIP, is about being deeply thoughtful. Mm-hmm. The shower is really magic. Uh, and please, I'm so glad you brought it up. So in the shower, you start showering, and I recommend uh, warm showers or hot showers. And as you start to do warmer hot showers or cold showers in in warm climates, of course, but as you start to shower, the joints and the muscles start to loosen up and your tender points start to diminish and your body becomes a better body. Uh, You're feeling less pain. You have more motion. And that's when you start stretching. And when you start to stretch out in the spine and you stretch your neck and stretch stretch your back and start to stretch your arms, You have more range of motion. You have better function when you leave the shower. So would it be something like, uh, you know, for some people who have, like, a smaller space in the shower, should they be adopting, like, a ballerina pose where they're standing or trying to stand on their toes and then looking up towards the ceiling? Is that a good stretch? That's a really good stretch. You you can stretch in many, many ways, arms straight up. Mm. Uh, just putting your hands to the side of your waist and tilting one way and tilting the other way. No matter the size of your shower, you can stretch. I was also giving this some thought, and I said this in my introduction. Uh, I notice the types of clothes that I wear um, are directly related to my posture when I catch myself off guard. So if I'm wearing like a tracksuit or or, uh, loungewear, I tend to be more sort of sloppy in my posture, but if I'm wearing a suit or, you know, something that is more slim-fitted, I tend to feel more um, erect and straight. Yes. Well, it depends, right? So when you're all dressed up, let's say, going for a business meeting, you're all uh, trimly dressed Mm. and you have your phenomenal suit, then you're in a different mode, right? You're very careful of how you look. You're very, very cognizant of how you look. And you stand straight up, right? And you and you manifest this this uh, this position of good posture. And I'd like to insert it here: you really can't be beautiful unless you manifest good posture. Vip. If you look at some, if you look at two executives walking down, or two guys in tracksuits walking down, you can tell the person that's doing well emotionally mm. quickly by the way they walk. 
when a person is walking straight up, they exude such great confidence and such a great good feeling. And to your point, when we're dressed beautifully, we're more apt to stand straight and look beautiful. And the beauty and comes from within, right? Yes, exactly. And it, it manifests. It's interesting. It's interesting you say that. It comes from within and it goes within. Hmm. Uh, there are changes that happen within your body as well when you stand straight. And the and just to your point that when we we are walking around, for example, in gym clothes or loosely fitting clothes, then we're more in a slouching mode. We're not really thoughtful of how we look or we're not really thoughtful of standing straight up. And so we're not as purposeful in that position. So it would help if we're a bit more thoughtful there in this room for improvement. Now, uh, you're talking about... Uh, you know, when you're all dressed, you're walking in a more confident way and things like that. Now, for the women, I've noticed they might be smartly dressed, but they wear these enormous heels. And I've seen, you know, um, women walk with like six-inch heels and their knees are bent. They're trying to balance. Uh, they're looking awkward. And obviously, it can't be doing much good for the back. It isn't, but um, now you're threading on. You're threading on thin ice. Oh, I always Here's do. Why. <laughs> Here's why. I have nine lives, so I'm good. <laughs> you're using eight with this question. <laughs> um, if you tell a uh, person, a woman, mm. uh, to get out of high heels, um, you're going to have many negative results. So I've taken this position with high heels. Be careful when you wear it. It's not it's not good for your back. But if you're going to dinner for four hours, fine. Don't be in high heels or pumps all day. Mm-hmm. That's not smart. Uh, go to work in regular shoes, even sneakers. The new sneakers today are phenomenal. They they support you and they're really great. Right. Be just be really careful how many hours you spend in the pumps and use those time for when you want to manifest the beauty that you feel you're manifesting, I say to women. And also, I would say, if you're having back pain, and if you're having a problem, then stay away from the pumps completely. That's the only time I would say get off of the high heels. What's the danger of wearing these pumps and high heels in terms of the back? Apart from, you're going to get body ache, obviously. But what's the other danger? Well, physically, what happens is when you get into, when you're wearing the, when you're standing taller, it throws your posture off. Mm-hmm. And the numbers, the magnitudes of the posture of the lumbar spine has not yet been studied. We're, we're looking to study that. But I can tell you that it's a vast amount more of stress on the spine, physically speaking. Because it's not a natural um, body position. Well, it is not an efficient body position. Mm -hmm. So the spine sees much more stress. And when the spine sees more stress, then you're more likely to hurt. Okay. So let's talk about eating meals like breakfast or whatever. Um, a lot of people, you know, you're either sitting on an island these days in the kitchen or you, you have a dining table. Which one's better? I'm a great fan of the island because you're sitting straight up um, and you have 
typically taller seats, and they're more comfortable. Um, really? And again, I, to me, the, the taller seats are more comfortable. Um, because I thought, I thought, you know, when you're sitting on an island, you tend to be sitting on what is equivalent to a bar stool. Yes. As a result, you're sort of leaning forward onto the island. Um, Yet still, you don't have to lower your buttocks as much as on a regular chair. Right. And so people prefer that. So, for example, in, in doctor's offices, mm. when the patients walk in, the equivalent of the high, high chair or the bar stools are the first to go in my office. Right. The patients love that because if you have a back problem, it is less stress again. It's, it's more efficient to be able to lower your buttocks just a little bit hmm. and then to be able to kick right back off and be gone walking as opposed to lowering and lowering your buttocks into a standard chair right. it's a lot more effort up and down but certainly your point is also correct if when you're on the higher chairs you're more likely to lean forward and slouch in a bad position so it's a choice between the buttocks and the leaning right okay now in your book uh, and I love the book. It, it's very nice. On, on page 181, you said, starting your day with a cup of coffee and a pastry is similar to filling a Ferrari with low-octane fuel. Start your day with a high-protein breakfast or shake. Why is diet so important for the back? Uh, I love connecting uh, like you do, Vip. I love connecting with people. Mm. And uh, the Ferrari example that we used um, it's great. You wouldn't think of putting low-octane gasoline in your Ferrari. You wouldn't expect it to go anywhere. Right. And same with your body. If you don't feed it properly, you're not going to have the result that you wish. You're not no, I get that from a health. I get that from a health perspective. I didn't know how it impacted the spine. So it impa- impacts the spine in many ways. Mm. So, for example, if you're eating healthy and you're more muscular, if you're eating more protein, you're doing some exercise, you're more muscular, then you have a different body type than if you're not eating healthy, and uh, you have more weight, and you have less muscle, and then the spine is in the poor position, Mm. and the end result is that that person is not doing as well every day, and that person is not doing as well in their life. What you eat is very important to make the body type, and then to the impact on the spine. Now, people spend a lot of time traveling to work these days, whether it's in a car or public transport or things like that. Um, When you're sitting for long hours in in any form of transport, what are the dangers or what are the things to avoid or to do while you're actually in the seat of a car or a bus uh, to keep your back as healthy as possible? So, Vip, what what we're doing here with our chat is we're helping people to become aware Mm. of how various behaviors affect their lives and will lead to a different outcome. And one of my favorite is traveling in a car or traveling in a plane. And so if you think about how many hours we spend, typically the usual person will spend at least two hours a day Mm -hmm. in a car and maybe take a vacation and spend more, but say... 700 hours, 700 hours in, uh, per year and maybe 40,000 hours in a lifetime in a car. It's an amazing amount of hours in one place. Right. So I say 
be very careful uh, with your car. Make sure it's a sanctuary. Make sure you love it. Make sure the seats are as ergonomic as you can get them. So you want to get in the car and you want to sit properly. You want to have your back supported. You want to have your head straight up in space. And the most efficient position to support the upper extremities is to have your arms on side rest. So if you have your arms laying down on the side rest, it gives a big bulk of relief to the upper extremities and your whole body feels better. And similarly, you wish you must have your feet on the on the floor before you start and you're using the pedals and so on. So that is really good posture mm-hmm. in the car. And it's very important because of the amount of hours that we spend typically in a car. In men talking about posture, you say having the right posture increases testosterone. Yes. In a really amazing study, hmm. uh, Harvard-based Amy Cuddy did a phenomenal study uh, with business people, and she found that when you take people in poor posture and you straighten them up, that they immediately had more testosterone, men and women, and women need it as well, and they immediately had more serotonin, which is your feel-good hormone, and they immediately had more dopamine, which is a brain hormone that makes you go, and they had less cortisol, which is a stress hormone. How phenomenal is that? I believe she deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. It's a really great piece of research. So that's going from poor posture to a better posture, increases the testosterone, but if you always have good posture, you're not going to increase your testosterone. It's going to stay at a high level then. It doesn't diminish. Yes. Right. Well, uh, honestly, yeah. as we get older, as we get older, our testosterone levels diminish. But so you will serve to optimize. Mm. This will be your maximum that you will achieve, and this is your highest range within your range. As we get older, it gets uh, the testosterone diminishes, but certainly you'll be on your higher levels. Right. One 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 question um, one of my listeners asked was. How can one remind oneself to keep your posture intact? Because everyone wants to do it, but, you know, you just sort of, without noticing sometimes, you tend to slouch, whether it's on the computer or watching TV or whatever. So how can one remind themselves to keep their posture intact? So if you're listening to this program, you're obviously interested in improving who you are and your lifestyle. Mm. And so what you're doing is, increasing your awareness that there is such a thing as there's such a concept as posture so first a person changes their awareness they become conscious my goodness there is such a thing as good posture and there is such a thing as poor posture there there's immediate payback and so you get out of pain or you have more pain if you're in poor posture and you get more testosterone you get this energetic boost from the interior with your hormones are better so first there is an awareness, and then you practice it, right? And if you start to then do some exercises and you practice it, then your muscles become stronger mm-hmm. in those zones. And then you have muscle memory, so your muscles automatically bring you there. The more you do it, the more the muscles become stronger, and you automatically uh, go into good posture. 
And then there's a certain feeling. It's like, it's no different from when you take a deep breath and you know how to appreciate the good feeling of taking one deep breath. Mm -hmm. You never give it up. And the same, you'll know, you'll know in your heart, you'll feel it within your body to get into a good posture. So I, I think that people need not worry about reminding themselves. First they become aware, then they do the practices, then their body loves it. So there's no real app for that, right? That's come no out yet. Okay. <laughs> no need to. So it's just a big case of being self-conscious, and obviously, in the in your own interest of improving uh, your posture, you will, in time, eventually remind yourself, and hopefully, it'll become a permanent feature of your well-being. Yes. Okay. In your research and things like that, you you stressed about you stressed your concerns about using mobile phone, uh, and and how that's becoming a leading factor in, in, in people developing a bad back. So tell us about that. So this is a topic near and dear to my heart. Mm. Uh, working with my patients, I'm, I'm, I'm a surgeon, and I work with my patients. I, I'm a spinal surgeon, and I see my – I work closely with them. One of the things I enjoy is the relationship after surgery. So we operated on this gentleman. He just his leg pain went away, but mm. his back and neck pain wouldn't go away. And then we found out that he was heads down, deep down, in uh, playing Angry Birds four hours a day, and he had uh, tremendous pain. And that went away with good postural training. So we did a study, and we found that when the head is straight up, Fip, when the head is straight up, it weighs ten to twelve pounds. Mm. When you bend your head forward to 15 degrees, it weighs 27 pounds. All, and we did incrementally all the way to 60 degrees. When it's 60 degrees forward, where a typical teenager spends most of his time or her time, it is 60 pounds of force to the neck. And that's a lot of stress. So from 10 to 12 pounds, your the, the spine usually bears, it's gone to 60 pounds. Yes. That's about exactly. five times more than what it's used to. Yes. Now, even like say you're watching TV when you get home, you know, people tend to watch uh, in bed or even on the couch, but they're always slouching around like I do. <laughs> what is the best way? I mean, do you advise it? And even if you advise against it, I'm still going to do it, but at least can I do something that gives it less stress? Couple, uh, couple of strategies. If you're on a couch or in bed, mm. uh, it's nice to either put a pillow behind your back or scooch your buttocks forward as though you have a pillow behind your back, and it's more comfortable when right. you do that. When you scooch your buttocks forward, it just feels better to the lower back. Then your head gets a chance to extend. It moves properly into good, uh, good postural position. Your ears are above your shoulders, and you're in good posture in your head, and and uh, neck. It's all beautifully lined up. So again, your ears are above your shoulders. Then you, you can support in, in the laziest fashion that you can do. I would say get a, uh, get a stool or a support in front of your legs and just place your legs straight in front of you. And other things that would help was uh, get a pillow, uh, place your arms on a pillow. And then you're really comfortable and you're enjoying watching TV and relaxing after a long, hard day. Right. And you're really not doing harm to your body. Now, we were talking about four in five people uh, are likely to either have back pain or get pain. 
in the future. What are the warning signs that your back is going to start hurting before it actually does? I mean, can we in any way figure out that we are stressing our back too much? Absolutely. So mm. if you have, and who doesn't really, if you have neck pain, you know, just between your shoulder blades, and if you have back pain on the uh, right and left side of the buttock, or uh, it's an indication that something's going on. I mean, that's a beautiful, simple indication. Hey, something's going on. Pay attention to it. It's a warning sign. So and a neck ache so, is, is a, yeah, a warning sign. Absolutely. A neck ache is a warning sign. And if you're very tight, uh, for example, especially the hamstrings, it may be another warning sign. Mm-hmm. No, those are simple, simple warning signs. But um, uh, allow me to get a bit sophisticated. Okay. It's amazing where it's amazing where the science is going. The science is saying that if you have an arterial problem, a vascular problem, like a carotid arterial problem, then the brain decays, the heart decays, and the spine decays. They all decay. So if you have a heart attack, then you, you're probably at risk for having back problem. Mm-hmm. So the body decays as, as a unit, says the studies. However, the average person, the uh, person listening to our program, if they have backache or neckache uh, and they have stiffness and tightnesses and they become aware of it, then they can start to take steps to take care of that and prevent a spinal problem from beginning to become significant. So I get neck ache a lot, and it's across the back of my shoulders, and I'm sure a lot of other people do. Um, how can I get rid of it by myself? This very common pain is uh, very easily taken care of by mm. learning range of motion exercises, deep belly breathing, uh, long hot showers, and developing yourself a sleeping sanctuary. But can I do something like in the office, uh, like maybe uh, move my neck to the left or right or do some sort of stretching? Is there some sort of immediate relief that you could advise me? So for immediate relief, when mm. you're sitting at a desk, so I'd get up and start to stretch. Uh, say in your neck you would stretch, bring your head forward in okay. front of you, and then bring your head backwards, turn to the left as much as you can, mm-hmm. turn to the right as much as you can, right. and then tilt your head left and tilt your head right, and you can repeat that, and that will stretch out those muscles and help you and bring you immediate relief. So I move my head forward as much as possible, move and stay there for a few seconds, then move my head back as yes. much as possible, yes. then I turn my head to the left, turn my head to the right, then tilt my head to the left, tilt my head to the right. Yes, it's very simple. Okay. What about for back? What are the immediate uh, sort of uh, relief exercises you would suggest? Same thing. Um, so you want to be careful not to overstretch. And you want all of these topics and conversations should be prefaced by incrementalism. Take one step, and tomorrow you'll be able to do more. Right. So in the lower back, you want to... Stand up and attempt to touch your toes, but you do not have to touch your toes. Mm-hmm. Just lean straight forward and stretch out the back. Feel the back part stretch. The back has these beautiful joints. Feel them open up. Mm-hmm. That's the goal. You're, you're not going to be a gymnast or a ballerina or a phenomenal elite athlete by doing this activity. 
the goal is to stretch the back. So you lean straight forward and let the back open up. Then you put your hands on your pelvis and you lean straight backwards and you just stretch backwards and that feels really good. I have one of those hanging bars at home that you can buy, I think, from, you know, on TV for 20 bucks or something. You, you connect it to your door and you can sort of hang and do pull-ups and things like that. Just hanging from that every day, is that good? Absolutely it is because what you're doing is what we're attempting to do with stretches, where you're separating the, the many joints of the spine. There are 24 pairs of beautiful spine joints called mm. facet joints, and you're really opening them up, and you're allowing space and motion. And the nerves that exit the spine are right under those joints, and they're all very thankful to you for doing that. Your spine feel better, feels better, and you'll feel better. You know, you'll be talking about exercises for the neck and the back to get relief. Um, and also being fit is very important for the spine. But as we get older, what sports should we avoid? As we get older, we should be thoughtful to do things that really build our core. Hmm. Um, I, I'm really a great fan of helping people to do much until very old age and I work with people to do that I work with people to free them and to enhance their activities <clears throat> in terms of sports so I would rather answer the question on what guidance would I give to do than restrict I mean certainly to do heavy squatting or heavy uh, excessive weightlifting doesn't make sense as you get older but the exercise that is really great for old age mm -hmm. is either yoga or pilates and the reason for that, Vip, is as you get older, you really need to rely on your core muscles for strength and stability and flexibility. And so as you get older and you're getting weaker and your balance starts to go, it's those core muscles that will hold you up. They become extremely important. And to, to really gain strength, flexibility, and balance is yoga and Pilates. Now, as we're getting older, um, bone density becomes an issue. Yes. Uh, you know, with women, with men. Um, now, that obviously would impact the spine, I would think. Absolutely. So what you're talking about is really could be thought of as a crumbling spine. Mm -hmm. As we get older and we watch our grandparents, or if we're our, our grandparent, or if we're a really old person, uh, 80, 90, 100, looking, uh, listening to this uh, station, and then more than likely you've realized that you've lost an inch or two of height. And the, so the question is then, I think your question is, what do we do for that? Is that your question? Yes. So to protect, you need to protect the uh, vertebral, the, the bone strength, the spine bone strength. So incrementally, if you're not exercising properly, if you're not uh, paying attention to your bone quality, mm -hmm. then then uh, the bone crumbles, and over years you lose an inch or two. And the way to negate that, right, to build strength, is uh, to do weight-bearing activities such as walking, to engage in uh, sunlight, uh, and watch your vitamin D level with your doctor, and uh, make sure you supplement your calcium. So those are the four things that will help you not to 
crumble or to lose height in the bone or strength in the bone, which drives you to the DEXA scan. So you're recommending walking a, a whole bunch of vitamin D, plenty of sunlight, so take a lot of vacations. And what was the fourth thing? Uh, be careful with your calcium intake. Right. Yogurt is great. Skim milk is great. Uh, supplement your calcium. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, walking, I would go for a walk two or three times a day, or, uh, depending on how much you can walk. Uh, sunlight, you need five to 30 minutes in direct sunlight without without the sun tanning lotions. Oh, and without the sun tanning lotion. That's right. Yeah, that's the that's the. Now in winter times, especially on the east coast, there isn't much sunshine, and even if there is, you know, you're all covered up. So, would you recommend going to a sun tanning salon? Not particularly. No, I'm not a great fan of the sun tanning salon. So you just have to take a vacation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Now the you other can thing. Find sunlight. Yeah, the other thing I was thinking was, you know, when we're talking about the health of the spine, and obviously it's important for uh, the reasons we've discussed, can it affect other organs of the body? Absolutely. And what's the first organ it's going to affect, having a bad spine? Well, the spine runs the body. The nerves run the body. And so the first thing that goes uh, with when the nerves get, for example, tight in the position called stenosis of the mm-hmm. spine, then you're unable to walk well or you're unable to use your arms well. Now, does, uh, and I know you're going to say yes, but smoking and drinking, are those bad for the back? Or are they just uh, bad for the health and the organs? I would have to say no because uh, the let me tell you why I say no, because you're not really hitting how important or how critical it is not to smoke and probably not to drink. They're, when you're smoking, you talk about destruction of the spine. Yeah. When you're smoking, the nicotine constricts the minor. There are only minor arteries that run by the spine supplying the discs. And that little bit of blood supply then becomes constricted sending more blood to your brain and you're feeling better but then it's easier to get a rip or a tear in the disc space starting the process of degeneration a wear tear degeneration literally falling apart of that disc space so it's critical not to smoke people are just not aware that the smoking destroys disc spaces and drinking drinking in itself is a uh, you know it's 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 associated with not eating, not getting proper nutrition, not getting uh, enough calories, and uh, poor lifestyle choices. So I would recommend drinking occasionally mm-hmm. uh, and sparingly. Uh, people who drink every day, one glass of wine, every- two glasses of wine, is that a little uh, damaging to the back? I don't think so. You know, a, a glass or two of red wine is actually recommended uh, daily for heart protection. Um, I don't, you know, as long as they're having a nutritious diet and mm. they're eating properly and they're not having a problem, a drinking problem, because the drinking problem comes with, associated with other behaviors such as sedentary, mm-hmm. being sedentary, and lifestyle choices that is that are really bad for the spine. You know, one thing I did note, do notice, though, uh, when I go for my annual health checkup, 
you know, the, the world of the spine is your world, so it's, it's critical and you can relate to all the damage and, 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 and uh, that can happen. Um, but when I go for my health check, they never check my spine. Why, why is that? The world of uh, spine, spine surgery or spine evaluations, most physicians are, um, oh, I hope I don't hurt any feelings, but I think most physicians are terrified of the spine. They just stay away from it. Even uh, orthopedic surgeons, uh, if they have a spine problem, they would be very happy to refer it to a spine-trained orthopedic surgeon because it's uh, medically it's sort of scary and it's very complicated. And most most physicians stay away. It is, but, but then that's, that's not a full health checkup or an evaluation, is it? Uh, technically not full, but I'm sure our guys do a good job. Um, you know, they should include the spine. They should look at the spine. No, because you, you know, like I was saying to you, like I asked you just now, that how can I diagnose that my back is under stress without it actually being stressed? And and you said if you're getting neck ache or you're getting sort of uh, pain in your shoulder blades and things like that, uh, normally when I would go for my health check, they don't sort of ask me those questions. Um, I would have thought they would have taken an X-ray, and if there's a certain curvature that is abnormal or whatever, or the shape, or the, you know, they'd sort of then say, you know, you need to go see a specialist. I think the uh, our industry is really mm. problem-based. At any age, if you come in with back pain or arm pain, they would mm. then send you to the specialist. But there is no real preventative maneuver in the offices of the doctors, and it should be there. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because are you a fan of alternative medicine for back pain instead of prescription medicine? Let me let me clarify for you. It's a whole different world today, Vip. It's a whole different world. So what you're about to call alternative medicine mm. uh, and used to be frowned on by my forefathers of spine and spine care mm. is really embraced by most people today. It's a different world. So in the past, uh, spine surgeons would have a big problem with sending a patient to a chiropractor. And today, they start out by chiropractic care, and so on. Uh, So I am a fan of what you're calling alternative medicine. But I wish to clarify with you that it's becoming more and more widely accepted by physicians everywhere today. Now, so going to a chiropractor is an alternative way of, of sort of taking care of your back? Are you recommending that? Uh, chiropractors are a great service. They do mm. motion, range of motion to the facet joints, really. They work on the joints of the spine. And if you need it, uh, they're certainly helpful. There, we have shown you many ways to stretch your spine, and that's essentially what a chiropractic physician does. And so you may or may not need it if you need it. They're good doctors. They provide a good service. I guess my fear of a chiropractor is I hear too many clicks. You know what I mean? When, when you're in there, everything is a click, and you're just wondering, wow, it sounds like a broken bone or about to be one. Vic, it's just like the financial uh, financial ruler. It's not... It's, Pay now or pay later. Mm. So either you click your own spine by stretching it. Right. 
or you uh, you keep it stiff until it hurts, and then you go to a chiropractor who will then click it for you. Wow. You learn something every day. <laughs> you know, after talking to you, it, it seems to me that the, the quality of the spine is, is determined by adopting a certain sense of gravity uh, or being as close to the center of gravity, rather, within your own body. So, you know, people like in middle age get these pot bellies. Yeah. And that's not going away anytime soon. So just throwing out a wild card here. Should people learn to suck in their tummy? Absolutely, yes. Yes. When you're sucking in your tummy, not mm. only are you restoring a more anatomic, a more efficient position for the spine, but then you're starting the awareness that you have a tummy. Many of us are just not aware we have this uh, big gut in front of us. Right. We're just not aware. We're just, we don't see it. And so when you tuck it in, when you're sucking in your belly, it, there comes the awareness and you're starting to use those muscles that need to be trained again. Well, you said we don't see it, and, and that, that brings me to another point. Talking about seeing, health of your eyes. Now, that, that I think is important because as we get older, I'm finding it more and more difficult to read the menus in, in the restaurants, A, because it's so damn dark, uh, and, and secondly, it's small. So now I'm finding uh, I'm very resistant to getting a pair of glasses, and thereby I find myself actually looking and adopting a, you know, using poor posture in order to read the menu. Yeah. So indirectly, I'm guessing that, you know, curing your eyesight is, is vital. Eyesight is, and your vision is so important. Mm. It is so important, and it's obvious, and it's most of the things we talk about right. are really obvious. They're not like brain surgery, or they're not really complicated, but they're so useful. And eyesight and proper vision is just so critical to being able to maintain good posture. Good posture. Yeah. Now, taking this forward, our children, you know, yes. am I right in that it looks like they're going to become a generation of hunchbacks because they're always bent towards the phone. And my question to you is, you know, am I right? Or, and, and how can we prevent this? We, uh, we did a major outlay on uh, working with the media on mm. bringing awareness globally onto this problem. Right. And I'm fully aware and fully conscious of this cell phone problem because... I have a 16-year-old son. Right. And so my message to my son and his friends and our message with the study that was accepted globally was it's really simple. Be cognizant of where your head is in space. Mm -hmm. Because when you, when, when you have a child and your child is bringing their head forward to 60 degrees, it is 60 pounds. Right. But the typical kid will do that, according to Pew data, two or four hours a day, mm -hmm. which is 5,000 hours in high school, right. which is about 300,000 pounds of force in five years. Right. Imagine the damage being done to the spine. So how do we so, prevent this? So I say bring your head straight up. Mm -hmm. Watch where your head is in space. Do not allow your, your head to drop. You have eyeballs which have range of motion. Mm -hmm. Look downwards and bring your smart device up a bit. Okay. And so that may mean if you're sitting, you could put pillows that elevates your elbows, which elevates your smart device. 
So those are the three things that would help our children. I've got a few minutes left. Uh, your book, Keys to an Amazing Life, Secrets of the Cervical Spine. It's very interesting. Um, who is the book aimed at? Thank you, Vip. Uh, I wrote this book really with my heart to mm. help people everywhere, general public, or the regular people, not doctors, not, uh, not people in my profession, but the regular everyday person on the street. Now, where is it available? It's available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNobles.com, and Chapters.com. Well, thank you so much, sir. How can people get in touch with you? Uh, my website is www.drken.us, and my telephone number is 845-471-9200. Dr. Ken, it's been wonderful having you on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you, Vip. It was great. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. Your comments and your followers so very welcome on my Twitter account at Vip Jaswal and my Facebook page. A special shout-out of thanks to my wonderful team, William Sanchez and Rick Buser. I'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern with more fascinating stories that fill our lives with the inspiration and information we so need to kickstart the week. I wish you a wonderful evening tonight with your family and loved ones. And until next Sunday, have a productive and a very happy week ahead. <laughs>